everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Cage. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, it's Super Wildcard Weekend, which you know what that means. It's super. Well, we're going to have to have a super a lot of fun talking about it, Trevor. Super, <laughs> a lot of fun. But you know what's even more fun than talking about Super Wild Wildcard Weekend? What's that? The futility of Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what's more fun. That is what's more fun. Either talking about it, experiencing it, seeing it, his misfortune of being just him, and, well, I'm, I'm going to say it, being a loser. <laughs> being a loser. <laughs> so, I mean, is he not one of the worst, one of the biggest losers? He, he's, a pretty, he's a pretty sore loser. Sometimes he's a sore yeah. loser within the game itself. Uh, yeah, nobody... <clears throat> Nobody makes that face better. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, but especially after this past weekend, um, I think you and I, off the air, were both stricken by his words. That's the only word I can use is stricken, but I think you would use something um, possibly more profanity-laden and or <laughs> vicious. Um, <clears throat> well, he... What, what, they did a jersey exchange with the Detroit Lions? Him so, yeah. So, you said you could keep it? Somebody somebody asked Rodgers to trade, you know, swap jerseys. It happens at the end of every game. Uh, half the team right. ends up doing it, you know. Um, and uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, said, I have to hold on to this one. And uh, And since then, the speculation has just gone through the roof. Why does he need to hold on to that jersey? Is he retiring? Is he going to go play somewhere else? Um, but, you know, couldn't even get off the field now that the season for the Packers is over. Couldn't even get off the field before he had to, uh, you know, begin the off-season Rodgers, Willie Woney drama <clears throat> nonsense. I got to tell you, it really um, kept our show alive for about three or four months last year. So yeah, well, I know you don't you don't like it, but uh, it's already I, too I, soon. It's already... <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's just your opinion, Trevor. So <laughs> no, that's that's all that is, you know. Um, in the opinion of many, uh, the viewers, and I think I can speak for most of them when I say that um, I'm going to welcome the drama. I'm going to welcome it. I'm going to embrace it, and uh, I'm going to wait for it to be the catalyst for a lot of the news between now and the next football year so right right you, you can hate it all you want no we're we'll be honest we'll dive into it <laughs> yeah we'll we'll yes. dive into it we'll speculate like <clears throat> everybody else we'll look at every little detail uh of every single press conference and podcast appearance but uh i'm gonna say it right now aaron Rodgers is gonna quarterback the green bay packers next year all right so there There's a hot take. He pulled out the frying pan. He's got it in the the skillet. It's well. It's like well, the grease is all over. It it's crying wolf. We've been through this the last mm-hmm. two years, the last two off seasons. Mm-hmm. It's oh, is he going to play? Mm-hmm. Who is he going to play for? Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing for the Packers for like fifty million reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, ish. It's that ballpark. I don't know the exact number, but he stands to make about fifty million dollars playing for the Packers. Uh, I don't think he'll go somewhere else. I don't think he'll retire. Uh, I don't think he could. I don't. Yeah, he's he loves he loves this existence that he has, and uh, and this is this is how he spends the off season. It's just what he does. You know, if it was if it was drama and, and ayahuasca, uh, I think I would pick drama over ayahuasca. Although, you know, I mean that that comes with its own drama. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad he picked the former only because I'm selfish. And when I said, if I had to choose between two and one of them happened to, um, fuel the, the, uh, the viewers or the listeners of a very popular, non-traditional, non, non, uh, you know, non-syndicated, non-syndicated, right? Non, um, (laughs) um, you know, a podcast you wouldn't hear anywhere anywhere else on a sport that's rarely covered, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> With two people who, that, who definitely don't like, look like stereotypical podcasters if you saw them on the street, holding hands, walking into a comic book store. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he does a great job for us. And look, this is a sport that really doesn't have a lot of eyes on it or listeners. And I'm just glad that he's part of the, the catalyst for our program. 
more. I see what you're saying. He's he's helping us yeah. grow the NFL brand. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I I mean we, we're doing it all our, on our own at this point, and uh, we and any help could you know is is welcomed. So um, not that your your and ours backs are not strong, but at this point you know we could use a couple of chiropractors in the form of uh, somebody wearing a number twelve jersey who you know just likes to stir the pot and keep the spotlight fixated on himself. So not gonna not gonna complain, Trevor. Not gonna complain at all. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Moving on, um, I want to get your opinion before we get to the, the wild card playoffs, the super wild card weekend. Sorry, super. Make sure you you know notes that it is a large and special, and possibly could get bigger. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, what did you think about the national championship game? First off, and oh. do you think? I know this is not NFL related, but do you think there's any hope that a expanded playoff could save any sort of competitiveness in this game? So, uh, honestly, I, I, I think this is a conversation worth having. Uh, but I think it's also important to remember that this can happen with no playoff. Um, you could have number one against number two every year, and stuff like this will happen. Um, this is, I think, the worst it's ever been uh, in terms of like bowl game history. Um, which was a surprise to me because I, I remember some higher scoring ones, but I guess the margin of victory was still less than, than what this one was. Uh, it was, it was bad. It was a bad game. Um, and, and I, and I'm not trying to say that, that, uh, Georgia was wrong for doing what they did. I don't blame them. Um, and, and TCU did, did their best, but their best was just, they got what, uh, was this was saying boat raced. Um, they, they got absolutely destroyed. They, they, I mean, at halftime, there were, there were people that were hopeful that they could come back and make a game of it. (laughs) That did not happen. Not even close. Um, and so things like that are going to happen. I go back and forth on the college football playoffs at all. I mean, after a game like this, my gut reaction was we shouldn't even have a, a four team playoff. It should just be the two best teams. Um, but, uh, I think expanding the playoffs will, will reduce the possibility of something like this happening, but there's always going to be a chance. It's football. You know what I mean? You, you get these teams that get on a run, a Cinderella story and, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got the, you got the 2017 Vikings in the NFC championship in Philadelphia. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. So this sort of thing just happens. Um, it's one of the reasons we love football. It's one of the reasons that football fans are, are so intense and loyal is because they know that if there's if if you're alive, you've got a chance. You know, if you make the playoffs, you could win it all. Um, because because we don't play series, they're they're just single one-off matchups. You don't. You know, it's not best of seven, best of five, or even best of three. It's just one game and on to the next. Um, so, so uh, yeah, whether it's just the two best teams with no playoffs or whether you expand that playoffs, this sort of thing can always happen and probably will happen again. But, uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm still in favor of expanding the college football playoffs um, mostly because of how the the conferences have been structured so far, I, I I I don't know if I'll feel that way after all these you know upcoming changes happen. I, I feel like we're about to go from five power conferences down to two power conferences. Um, but uh, but right now I'm all about expanding that college football playoffs. That's, um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> surprising answer. I, I would have figured that, uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that it, it's possible whether or not you have expanded or not. Let me take that back. Okay, let me back up. I, I don't disagree with you that it is likely or even possible that this will happen regardless of how many games they play. I just, I, I just liked, I thought, I didn't think the BCS system was broken. Does that make sense? I, I, like, I agree. 
I, and I it, it makes broken. sense. Yeah. Uh, having if, if we had had who yeah. who was the number two team, uh, was it? Mich- uh, Michigan. It was Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, and and Michigan, in hindsight, Michigan had a, a bad game against TCU. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I think I think Michigan against Georgia would have been a much more compelling game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it definitely would have been more competitive. I, not that Georgia wouldn't have like still blown them out. Oh yeah, Georgia. I mean, it, that's there, so the the thing that mm-hmm. is clear at the end of a playoffs like this is that Georgia is the best team in the country. You can't you can't argue it. Um, they beat yeah, Ohio sure. State. Yeah. They absolutely dominated TCU, who did beat Michigan. Um, you know, if if there's if there's a I hate to say loser, if, if there's somebody who wasn't you know got the short end of the stick here, it is Michigan. Um, because uh, they they didn't get a chance to play the number you know the only team in the country ranked higher than them at the end of the regular season they didn't get a chance to to show what they could do against mm-hmm. that team instead they played TCU they didn't beat TCU like I said I think they just had an off game that week um, and these by the way are not things I enjoy admitting I was all about TCU I, I was all team Big Twelve you know I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten. Not a big fan of the SEC. Uh, that'll probably change when OU and Texas move to the SEC. But, you know, it is what it is. You love your team, and outside your, your team, you love your conference. Um, so, yeah, uh, Michigan, who knows if they would have been able to have a special game against uh, Georgia and take the national championship. We'll never know. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have predicted that. Georgia's just so dominant this year. No question. Um, I mean, and it's easy to be dominant when your quarterback is well working on his doctorate and um, close to thirty years old. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, they they played an amazing game, and Jalen Carter is an amazing player, and um, <clears throat> they just have they've had the best defense in the country for two years straight. Kirby Smart's made a program down there, over there, wherever we are sitting, from where Georgia is, and. I'd be remiss to say if I didn't acknowledge that, you know, they'll probably win next year too. To be oh honest. yeah. I mean, I I've already seen that uh, pop up a few places where uh, like the, you know, the interesting thing is that Georgia, you know, is probably going to have an even better quarterback next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which is wild to think about, but, um, nonetheless, just wanted to have that little college tip pick because, uh, well, we got the super, the big super wild card with, it wears a cape, okay, and it's got powers, weekend, <laughs> and it's part of the Avengers, all right, that's how super this, this weekend is, that's, <laughs> that, that is the wild card weekend in general, the, the only thing that lacks, Trevor, do you know what it lacks? What's that? Oh, I think it could use a little garnish, but, uh. Oh, the one you usually put uh, on it like it like doesn't celery or broccoli. It or, doesn't have or any parsley. gravy. <laughs> it doesn't have any gravy, buddy. And there's hardly any I can put on the, on any of these games. Uh, fortunately for you, I'll, I'll kind of keep an eye on what players might perform the best in this game strictly by just talking about them. However, um, well, I don't know. I, I guess you would have to be in a special sort of place, slimy wise. If that makes any sense, maybe like you're part of the Italian mafia, or you're um, a degenerate and you like to do daily fantasy. Um, if that's the case, then well, I mean, I have a podcast for you, where therapy comes does not only come in the form of us venting about the players or the frustrations in the NFL. It also comes in acknowledging and validating your concerns about these games, betting wise and fantasy football wise, daily fantasy football. So. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, potential catharticism here, Trevor. You want any more big words? <laughs> <than Veracia? laughs> That's a good right. one. Anywho, we're going to move on to the wildcard weekends. As you all know, it's super, it's big. It's part of the Avengers. It's eventually going to get its own DC movie about four hours long. And, um, you'll get the special Zack Snyder mm-hmm. director's cut. <laughs> likely to get the Zack Snyder's director's cut uh, with special guest Stephen A. Smith, you know, narrating oh, the whole man. time. 
Um, I love it. Well, I love it. Talking. Kevin Smith, Stephen A. Smith, you're a genius, Rob. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> you got it. It's, I just, you know, it, there's a lot more things I can do <laughs> other than just do a podcast. So we're going to move to Saturday afternoon. We got the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers, a 10 point favorite to Seattle, over under 42. Um, <clears throat> well, Brock Purdy, can he, can he keep it Purdy? Can he Purdy up this, this pony? And. Drive it home, man. Can he win a playoff game the first rookie quarterback to do so? And I would, I maybe ever. It's been a long time. I, I no, it's not ever. No, Ben Roethlisberger did it, but I think before him it was a long time. Right. So he'd be one of very few. Um, or Lamar Jackson? Did he win one? No, no, he only played in one. He didn't win one. But anyway, did uh, did Kurt Warner win one his rookie year? He, he wasn't a rookie. He wasn't a rookie. He okay. With gotcha. St. Louis, yeah, since he had been drafted and been on a, a roster. So, that's right, that's right. Um, that's yeah. um, It's so, coming back, yeah. Uh, no, no I is, mean, it's it's, fine. it's an interesting matchup. Um, you know, the the seven seed, we've, we've yet to see a seven seed make a real impact in these playoffs. Um, the 49ers have beat the Seahawks twice this year. And it's It's been pretty ugly both times, in my opinion. Um, but it's, it's tough to beat the same team three years in a row or sorry, three, three times in one year. Um, so I, I do think the Seahawks are going to make this a more interesting game than the line with, with the 10 points, with the 10 points, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I do think that, uh, the Seahawks defense, uh, against this rookie quarterback, it's going to keep it close. I think they're good for at least one takeaway. Um, even with how the, 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 the Purdy has been playing, uh, this is the playoffs, uh, but they're at home. They've got, you know, they're undisputedly a top two, maybe the best defense in the league. Um, so I'm confident the 49ers are going to win and move on, but I do think the Seahawks, uh, make a game of it. Yeah. I I think Seattle keeps it close. I mean, these, um, well, I mean, it's it's not. I would say it used to be rare, but now we get them basically every year. Where there's like um, the playoffs have feature a third 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 time around, right? So you get like two division opponents that are playing each other for the third time. So in this case, San Francisco swept the series twenty one thirteen twenty seven seven earlier in the year. But re- what's really important is I want to point this out: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game winning streak for San Francisco. So, hottest team in the playoffs, arguably playing the best defense and playing at home. Not that that really matters in San Francisco, to be completely honest with you. It's just a bunch of techies and and uh, rich people that live there. But And hippies. All right, there's a lot of hippies there, too. Fair enough. Um, but <clears throat> playing Seattle earlier in the season, 21-13, um, Kenneth Walker got hurt. Geno Smith didn't have a really good game. Brock Purdy played brilliantly, and they ran the ball really well against Seattle's defense. Seattle doesn't have a good defense. But they barely got who they who did Seattle play last week? They basically got that's the reason they're in the playoffs. So they I they they played the Rams. Um, Rams nineteen sixteen, yeah. The Rams they, they went to the overtime. Uh, uh, you know, we're not going to go deep into it, but they they were lucky to make it to overtime. Uh, they they got a favorable call from the referees. Um, but yeah, the Seahawks. I, I don't like to say it, but they're. They're the seventh seed for a reason. They they're really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something uh, something almost tragic would have to happen uh, for the Forty ers personnel wise for the Seahawks to to get away with a win here. That's the way I see this matchup. Um, but like I said, you know, the Seahawks. Pete Carroll. I'm not a big fan of Pete Carroll, but he's no dummy. He's he's inarguably good at what he does. Uh, and I think that he's going to be competitive. He's going to get these guys with at least a chance to uh, to make an upset. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and yeah, the, really, I mean, and then you you just don't know. By the end of this game, and I'll probably say this again on this podcast, uh, some of these teams this weekend could be resting starters by the end of the game. Um, but uh, but I really don't expect that in this one. I think the Seahawks are going to. You know, keep it competitive. Like I said, I think I think they're good for at least one takeaway that'll uh, keep them in this game for four quarters. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> I think like well, also I think the the playoff atmosphere is not something that Brock Purdy's used to. Not that he's not like a big game quarterback or anything. Who he played for Iowa State? I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know how many big games he played at Iowa State, but I would have to think that he's got he's got some pair of something, man, because he's played excellent. But it's a totally different atmosphere. I think just based on that alone, Pete Carroll, like you said. They'll keep it close. My only concern is that we thought this last year about a lot of games in the wild card round, and, and almost every game was a blowout. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I like to I like to think this is going to be close, but, you know, I, I have a feeling that San Francisco just pulls away, and I just don't think that Seattle has enough, especially going on the road and playing at San Francisco. It's not like they're at home in the 12th man, 4-4 um, four and four away. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with San Francisco. I might take the line. I, just, I don't. I think San Francisco will cover this. 10 points okay, for sure. Yeah, I, I just. I just don't think. I mean, Jonah Smith hasn't played good. Good football the last couple months. Uh, I'm with um, you there. If 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 we yeah. had the same Geno Smith from the first seven or eight weeks of the season, uh, I'd be a lot more optimistic about the Seahawks' chances. But uh, I, I was. I saw somewhere he had like four interceptions in the first seven weeks, seven or eight weeks of the game of the season. And then 11, uh, in the second half of the season. So it's, he's just not, he's not playing it as safe as he had been with the football. And, uh, yeah, it's, I I think the Seahawks are going to cover the 10 points, but I'm confident that the 49ers will win. Likewise, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think we've we've kind of buried this one at this point. So um, yeah, yeah, I I'm right there with you with the, with the the 49ers. I think they're arguably the best team in the NFC. That's just my opinion. So the fact that they got the two seed is uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. But that gives them another game before they get ready to play Philly in the NFC Championship game because I doubt they'll have much challenge in the next round. So moving on, the LA. The, the Los Angeles Angels of Chargers of the, the L.A. City go at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a one-and-a-half point favorite to L.A., over under 47-and-a-half. Um, boy, you know, Jacksonville wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that fumble So, right. at the end of the Tennessee game. And it's almost reminiscent of how Tennessee, of how Seattle won their game. I mean, in a, in a similar way, kind of fluky, and kind of backed themselves into a playoff seed. and. Not that Tennessee is good, it's just that's what it looked like to anybody who watched the game. So, with that being said, here they are, they they take on the Chargers, they got good rest. Justin Herbert's been playing excellent since he got everybody back. Um, you know, every, there's always a team every year that goes on like a sneaky little run because they get healthy at the right time. I don't know, I, I just feel like LA's kind of destined for, I'm going to say it, but it's going to be a really hot take and I might be completely wrong about this, but they're kind of destined for like a AFC Championship game appearance. The Chargers? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that's too hot of a take. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, to me, I almost can't say, uh, you know, because I hear a lot of like Chiefs, Bills, AFC championship, and oh, but they'll, they'll play that game in Atlanta. And it's like, I, that, the AFC is, it's too good. You can't predict that the, that the one seed and two seed are going to make their way to the AFC championship. These, the rest of these teams are really good. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right about that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I, and I don't know how the seeding might get in the way of this, but a, a chargers Bengals uh, AFC championship is just as likely in my opinion. So, um, but yeah, when it, when it comes to this game, chargers Jaguars, I think uh, of the six games this weekend, this is my favorite quarterback matchup um you know herbert is in year three uh lawrence this is his second year um they're both playing really good football right now um so that's that's what excites me about this matchup i think it's the best quarterback matchup of wild card weekend super wild card weekend um and and, and (laughs) this is uh this is a really hard one for me to pick um you know, I've been following the Jaguars a little more closely, and so I was leaning their way. But when I when I take a look at what the Chargers have been doing to get to this same spot, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of see why they're favored even on the road. Um, 
I definitely like the Chargers' defense more. Overall, I think they've got the stronger roster. Um, you know, they, they went through a real rough patch in their season, uh, and and the Jaguars had a slow start to theirs. Um, this this is going to be a real – I'm much more excited for this game than the uh, than the early window on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, the uh, – it's, it's basically a push, you know. It's – the Chargers are favored by a point and a half. Um, over under 47 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this one easy, I think. I think this, I think with as good as both these defenses can be, especially the Chargers, I think, uh, I think, you know, yeah, it, it, these two quarterbacks, they're just, they've got great chemistry with, with who they're playing with. Um, I think I saw somewhere that Mike Williams might not play. Um, yeah, he's questionable. Questionable. So, <laughs> yeah. But Rashawn Slater, uh, their left tackle, has been activated off injury reserve. He didn't play against Jacksonville in week, whatever that was when they played him. They lost thirty-eight to ten. Yeah, so these play this year. These offensive linemen. You'll hear me talk more about the O line in our next matchup. But yeah, those those are those are big positions to have healthy for the playoffs. Um, yeah, right now I got to lean Chargers. But man, I I won't be surprised if either one of these teams, uh, you know, makes a run here in the playoffs. I think the the Jaguars are on a hot streak. The Chargers are looking like who we expected them to be all season. Um, I got to take the Chargers on this one. It's uh, I'm gonna take this is the first road team I'm gonna take. Yeah, I I, I just I mean they're playing at Jacksonville. I'm not saying it's you know it's not Seattle. <laughs> So I'm not expecting that to really be an advantage once again, but I just I just think they're get healthy at the right time. Sure, Mike Williams got hurt. Justin Herbert's been amazing for the last month. So is well, I mean, so is Trevor Lawrence, but not so well against you know Tampa's defense and the Chargers' defense has played much better. They shut down Tua Tagovailoa, right? And then they lost against. Did they lose against Denver this past weekend? That's kind of inexplicable. But yeah, yeah, that was nuts. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh well, um, but they you know they they beat. You know, Tua, I think that was a really impressive win. Granted, they have laid some stinkers here and there, but and Staley's certainly a questionable coach. But, uh, I, yeah, I like him here. I like him here, and I just feel like it's Justin Herbert's time to kind of make some, some head around the playoffs and win a game. It's did they, they didn't go last year, right? Oh, that's right, they didn't because Brandon Staley. Well, he could screw this whole thing up. There's no question about that. The coach could be the reason they lose this game. Because of his no, I I but, definitely you know, when it when it comes to the yeah. coaching matchup, I give the edge to the Jags and uh, uh, Peterson, mm-hmm. Doug Doug yeah, Peterson. No yeah, um, no I, I think what Doug Peterson's been able to do with Trevor Lawrence and that team is uh, pretty great. So, uh, but yeah, I yeah, uh, I, mean, I, j- I just think that uh, I, I think the Chargers and the Jags will both be back in the playoffs next year. Uh, that that's just the trajectory I see these teams on, and that's that's saying a lot. Looking at this conference because this conference is so competitive, uh, but I think both these teams will be in the playoffs next year. I just think this is, uh, you know, on on this weekend it's going to be Herbert over over Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they got to win with Travis Etienne. If Jacksonville does, it will be because of him running the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so LA, that's LA's most vulnerable. That's another part of it is Etienne's been running really great, but he's really an edge rusher, a perimeter guy, real fast. Um, they've really not been able to get him going between the tackles, and uh, they really haven't been able to get anything going between the tackles since they traded uh, traded what's-his-name to the Jets. Yeah, uh, Robinson. Robinson, thank you. Yep. Yep, Robinson. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, no, absolutely. They okay. they they had Robinson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Well, well, we'll see what happens in this game, man. I think it'll be close. It'll probably be the best game on this weekend, if I had to guess. The mo- probably most competitive. But cuz I'm looking at the other four. Well, we'll get into it cuz we got a Miami Dolphin Dolphiner, Dolphiner, Dolphin listener. <laughs> Uh, so we get the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills, a 13 half point favorite to Buffalo, over under 43 and a half. No Tua, and um, 
Buffalo's still playing with their hearts on their sleeves, man. I mean, we watched if you watched the New England game, which uh, I did, fortunately, and they turned they returned two two kickoffs for touchdowns. It was reminiscent of Steve Gleason uh, uh, blocking a punt in New Orleans' return game to the Super Bowl, Superdome back in 2006. Uh, very very similar in terms of the emotion that was spread and the just the overall the feel of the play and everything. You got to figure Miami's walking into a death trap here. <laughs> no, a- absolutely. Uh, there's there's very little hope uh, for the Dolphins right now. Not only do they not have uh, Tua Tagovailoa, but they they probably don't have Teddy Bridgewater either. Um, right. So playing with their, uh, I think he was also a seventh round. You know, he's he's not Brock Purdy. He's he's the other seventh round rookie QB that's going to be starting this weekend. Uh, which that that's kind of a crazy statistic, um, but uh, but yeah, the Dolphins they they you know without a real quarterback under center on the road in in January in Buffalo against a Bills team that is absolutely galvanized by the uh, by the near fatal tragedy uh, that happened on the field two weeks ago. Um, yeah, they just. You know, Buffalo is favored by 13 and a half points. And, and this, this really is the game where I, I think uh, by, before it's over, they're going to be sitting their starters um, because it is the playoffs and because, because they'll be up by three touchdowns. Um, it's, just, it's just unfortunate. Um, don't get me wrong. It's, it's great that, uh, that DeMar Amlin's been released from the hospital. We're all really relieved uh, and, and still keeping him in our thoughts. Um, it's it's just a real bummer that the Dolphins are on their third string quarterback, and he's not, uh, you know, he's not blowing our minds like like Brock Purdy is, and and mm-hmm. uh, it'd be absolutely crazy. I mean, the, the whole Brock Purdy thing is nuts enough. Um, you know, the Dolphins are experiencing what what is normal for for a third third string rookie seventh round quarterback. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, there's not a lot more to say about this game. Um, if if it reaches the over, it's going to be mostly the Bills that do it. Um, yeah, I just I don't think uh, I don't think the Dolphin. You know, in a situation like this, you turn to the run game, and and their run game is better than it was at the beginning of the season, but it's still not something that they can really center their game plan around. Um, their right. game, their game plan is is uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, uh, so it's just going to be a, a rough day for the Dolphins. Yeah, <clears throat> look, I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> it's not because I don't like both teams. I don't, um, you know, because I'm a Patriots fan, Patriots homer. Right? <laughs> um, it's, it's that. It's just. It's God. It's got to be. You got to figure. It's probably the most unfortunate matchup that. That Miami could ever get. I mean, they're three and six on the road. They're going at Buffalo in January. It's a Florida team going on the road against a Buffalo. I mean, that's outdoor weather thrives in it. You know, um, playoff game in the Buffalo atmosphere with in the morning. I mean, I don't think you could pick a worse matchup for for Miami and and. Like, like Trevor said, starting a seventh-round rookie quarterback, first playoff game, um, third or fourth start the season. You know, it's just, boy, it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what to say. It's, uh, you know, it's ironic because Miami spent all that money and all those trades. Obviously, Tua got hurt, and so did Teddy, and it's going to play out in a first-round sweep. So, well, you know, it, it, at least they made it this far. We didn't, so they... They got the they got the spot that we should have had, but nonetheless, moving <laughs> on, we're gonna go on to the the Trevor Koppel led running through the tunnel led Minnesota Vikings at home against the New York Giants a over under forty eight Minnesota is a three point favorite it's a team they played very tight earlier in the season and uh, I think if anything I mean certainly nobody really under, truly understands how New York got here into the playoffs I think we all sort of are confused about their success and I don't think any of us really expect them to win but the, the but the line is pretty damn tight which means I had to think and this is a conspiracy theory I've thrown out there a few times I don't think it's that that much of a conspiracy theory here but 
given the, the, the popularity of the New York market and the Giants, I think the line has been pushed towards them more um, because of the amount of betting that's been happening for this game. Do you think yeah. that's probably true? I, I do think it's true. And yeah. I also think, you know, the, the Giants, uh, they, you know, on the season as a whole, they really, uh, you know, they really outplayed their potential. Um, you know, they've, they've definitely been playing right up against their ceiling all season. Um, but if you, if you dissect it, you know, they, they started the season seven and two, everybody was shocked. Um, and they've stayed in the wild card hunt the whole time, but since going seven and two, they've been two, five and one. Um, right. They, they really, you know, and, and uh, there's there's some good statistics in there. Saquon Barkley's had a good year all year, but uh, but you know they're four and four away. The Vikings are eight and one at home. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins had eight game winning drives this year, eleven and zero in one score games. Uh, the losses have been blowouts. Uh, I really don't see the Giants blowing out the Vikings. So whether it's close. Or whether the Vikings win by more than one score, I, I think this is a pretty safe Vikings win. Um, I, I I'm hearing this one, and uh, and the the Seahawks Niners uh, really talked about as the uh, or no sorry not Seahawks Niners, um, Chargers Jags. <clears throat> yeah, Chargers Jags is like the the you know the division winners that won't move on, um, but. Uh, but I, I think the Vikings are pretty good for this one. I don't have a lot of confidence that the Vikings can go on the type of run that would take them to a, a conference championship because um, they'll face a much better team than the Giants in the next round, no matter how it shakes out. Um, but, uh, but I like the Vikings to win this one at home against the Giants team that, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, uh, I'm glad it's the Giants and not the Commanders. Um, I think the Commanders are, are playing better football right now. Um, so, yeah, the Giants, sorry. I, I got to go with the Vikings on this one. Yeah, it's a, uh, I think it's kind of a unanimous pick for both of us. I, I don't expect I don't expect Giants to win here. I mean, it's going to be competitive, most more than likely. But um, I don't think that has any implication on the actual result, which will be Minnesota winning. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is, and... At this point, like, New York is sort of lucky they're here. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's kind of like a Cinderella tale. It would be even crazier if they made a run, which I, I don't. I just don't think they can. And Daniel Jones has certainly played higher than his ceiling is worth. And Saquon Barkley, I mean, that's all they really got. So if that's your game plan, then I think Minnesota can design something on, on defense. I don't think they've been great on defense. But, you know, you have Justin Jefferson, and he can make enough plays to at least get you to the next round. So... That's my take. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, the last <laughs> thing I'll say about this one is that I think both coaches are, you know, it's, it's an interesting debate right now, the, the coach of the year race, because there's so many good candidates. I think uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell, the way he's turned this team around um, from, from losing all those one-score games to winning all those one-score games, uh, he's, done, he's had an amazing first year as a head coach. Um, the Giants head coach, uh, can't think of his name right now. Um, yeah, it's uh, Brian Dayball. So. Dayball, thank you. Um, Dayball. Dayball. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him Daybo. Uh, Dayball. <laughs> Dayball. Uh, he's he's done an amazing. You know, getting the Giants where they are with what they are. That's that's head coach of the year material, in, in my opinion. There's so many good candidates this year. So, uh, I know that's not our main topic on this podcast, but I'll be keeping an eye on that one as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Yeah, likewise. Um, it's going to be interesting. Well, this one may not be interesting either. It's uh, the Baltimore Ravens at the C- uh, Cincinnati Bengals, a 9.5 point favorite to Cincinnati, over under 40.5. And, and I think it's fair to say that Baltimore is the walking wounded without Lamar Jackson. Uh, Tyler Huntley may not play, and it's gotta be gotta be one of the more bizarre playoffs he's ever seen with the amount of like seventh round quarterback talent that might be starting here. That's right, that seventh round quarterback, uh, Anthony Brown may get the start, and I don't know the last time. I'd be curious to hear the stat. The last time three seventh round rookies started a 
uh, a playoff game. I, I don't know if it's ever happened, but this could be possible. So it's here we are. Pretty wild stuff. Yeah. AFC championship, AFC champions, and an extremely, extremely competitive team in Cincinnati who basically just dominated for the last month and a half. They was they were the San Francisco 49ers of the uh, of the AFC. So. Absolutely, and uh, you know I, I've been saying it for weeks now. Uh, Bengals, they're still my pick to win it all. Um, I think uh, I think the Ravens. You know, I don't I don't want to completely overlook them, but the you know I, I've I've said it many times. The reason that they can beat anybody uh, on any Sunday is because of Lamar Jackson, but without him. They're still a good, you know, they're they're a better defense than they started the season with. Uh, they just extended Roquan Smith, uh, which I thought was a great move because uh, he's he's been tremendous for them this year. Um, I think the Ravens are going to play a tough game. I, I give them a better shot than the Seahawks do, uh, or than I give the Seahawks. But uh, but yeah, I think this is an easy pick. The Bengals are going to win this game, um, and and on to the next one. Um, I, I think the Bengals are going all the way, but uh, the Ravens, you know, the, I mean, it's not like they need that downfield passing attack the way the the Dolphins do, but it's just a you can't expect uh, who's going to be the guy Dobbins. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think <laughs> you're going to see a not. huge, huge game out of him, but it won't be enough. Um, he he can't do it. I mean, they, they need him to step up if Lamar Jackson was healthy to win this game. Um, I just don't see them being able to do it with just Dobbins, uh, as the, as the dangerous one on offense. Uh, so I, I, I'm very confident in the Bengals winning this week. Yeah, I, I can't go against that pick. And I think it's probably the most obvious one of the, other than Buffalo winning. And it, it, it seems likely that we get, well, I guess in the next round, would, you get, would we get Buffalo and Cincinnati next round? Is that is that likely to happen? You're right? Wouldn't are the happen? are the Bengals the four seed? Three seed, but three they seed. would be two, two and three would move on. Let me see. And then Kansas City would play the lowest seed available. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, we the, could. The so we could have Cincinnati. Buffalo, Cincinnati next week. All right. Next, next round. Seems inevitable. Um, and I think that's what we're going to get. You know, that's that's the most inevitable and obvious matchup coming up next week, my friend. I'm, I'm actually more excited for the divisional round, which is not surprising considering what we went through last year in the wild card weekend. So, well, what could not make this more super, what could make this more super, Trevor, is if we could play two games on Monday, but we get one. And the unprecedented super wild card weekend, um, you know, Zack Snyder, director's cut coming out. We're getting a four LP <laughs> disc drop, um, you know, on vinyl. Um, we have a contract signing or like an autograph signing at Comic Con for Super Wild Card Weekend this year. What could cap it off any better than getting the Dallas Cowboys at the, Tamp- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night? A two and a half point favorite to Dallas, over under forty five and a half, and it seems inevitable that Tom Brady starts his march to the NFC Championship game Monday night. So, um, <laughs> that's, I mean, why would you pick against him considering how bad Dallas has been for, well, I mean, just last week, but I mean, they beat, you know, they beat Philly and Tennessee, granted without Jalen Hurts, but, and yeah, I mean, they've been, it's been a weird month for Dallas and Dak Prescott's played arguably bad. No, it's pretty bad. It, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, however, and and I know it, you know picking against Tom Brady in the playoffs is is uh, is dangerous. Um, they're playing at home, but uh, you know I, I've heard a lot of talk this week about you know teams making the playoffs with negative uh, season point differentials, and the Buccaneers have by far the biggest negative point differential. They're also the team with the losing record in the playoffs. Um, you know, they have a negative 45 point differential on the season. Uh, you know, the Vikings, I think have a negative six. Uh, uh, there were two other teams. They were, they were single digit negative point differentials. I think maybe the Jags were one of them. 
Um, but uh, man, I it just the whole like that I I have I, I'm gonna probably regret it, but I'm gonna take the Cowboys in this game. Uh, I just can't let Tom Brady scare me from everything else that I'm seeing in this matchup. The the Buccaneers are the kings of the worst division in football. Um, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys... I, I, I don't think the Cowboys have a chance of making it past uh, the Eagles or the 49ers. Um, I, I think that they would probably do very well against the Vikings. Uh, uh, and I got to, I got to take him in this one. I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay. Uh, I know it's a close spread, two and a half point spread. I'm going to take Dallas to cover. I think they win by three points or more. Um, yeah, I, I just saying it, I feel like I'm going out on a limb here, but, uh, but that's my gut. I think the Cowboys advance. Yeah. I, you know, I've been looking at all the expert picks on this one because this one interests me the most out of all the games for obvious reasons and could be very well be Tom Brady's last game, but most likely not. He'll probably play till he's dead. So I'll say I can't help but, well, I mean, I, I guess I have to pick Tom, the Tompaneers. The Tompaneers. The Tompaneers <laughs> on this one. So... I just don't see how Brady doesn't beat this Dallas team. I think they're extremely vulnerable. It would have to take a lot for Dallas. I think, well, I think it would have to take a lot for Brady to screw this one up. And I think it's kind of like a gimme to him. It's a two and a half point favorite with Dallas, but I feel like it'll be close. And I just don't think Dallas on the road is hasn't been great. And Dak Prescott over the last month has probably been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that Tampa will sort of turn it on here in the playoffs. Tom will get him up and he'll get him ready. And if we remember last year, it was only they only lost the LA Rams because of wasn't it a weird game? Remember that being like a weird ref game? It was at Tampa though. That's right. And LA played at Tampa. It was a, it was something weird there. And then yeah, I don't remember what exactly it was. I have to go back and see it. But I think they were close to making a run last year too. And I think this starts his run this year. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say I'll I'll say that you know my my pick for the Cowboys is my you know my my dispassionate logical prediction. Uh, if I could choose a winner, I'm choosing the Buccaneers. I would love to see uh, just just because you know something gets to a certain size, certain magnitude, and uh, and you just want to see how how ridiculous it can get. Um, and every postseason Tom Brady victory. Uh, just extends the ridiculousness of that legacy. So I, I would love to see the Buccaneers win this one. I just, uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Fair enough. We will keep an eye on it moving forward. So <laughs> it's uh, well that folks that is Super Wildcard Weekend. The only places you'll be able to find Super Wildcard Weekend over the next century is either this weekend or every season moving forward or at his yearly appearance at the San Diego Comic-Con where he'll be with the other Avengers and actors, Robert Downey Jr., um, Chris, whatever his face is, um, and everybody else who I can't remember their names. So, Jeremy Renner, right? That's only because he got hit by a snowmobile or something. That's the only reason I remember his name. But, you know, um, making his speech, signing autographs, and giving, handing out free tokens to uh, his his upcoming charity event and golf sponsorship. So Super Wildcard Weekend will be the new hip, hip box office actor and favorite superhero of your child. So people plan on buying a lot of Super Wildcard Weekend merch moving forward. Meanwhile, we'll pick it back up next week for the divisional playoff rounds. Um, I don't have much to say about this, man. I just can't believe that the uh, NFL playoffs are here. It's the middle of January, and we're starting into a, what feels like another year, although it's just another part of the NFL season. Yeah. It's exciting. So, do you have any uh, any words for the viewers before we sign off here? So. Uh, just that, you know, the, the playoffs are, uh, you know, it, it's, it's usually, with, with the exception of... Uh, you know, weird situations like this Dolphins-Bills matchup or the Ravens not having a quarterback. 
Um, you know, ever, ever since I was a kid, the the thing that I love about the playoffs is that they're it's just really really good football. Uh, so when it comes to you know the Chargers Jaguars, um, Cowboys Buccaneers, I, I think these are going to be some really good really close games. You're going to see huge plays, uh, and it's the one time of year uh, where you can see all of every game for the week. Um, so if you can try not to miss a moment of it. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're glued on the couch, you should stay there for three days. Monday is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A lot of folks will have that off. You should, you should definitely prepare for a six fifteen game. So if you're not working, hopefully you're not. And lastly, before we get off there, I'm going to say this, the Patriots announced today that they're expecting to replace their offensive coordinator and, I just want to thank whoever, whatever God exists, uh, whether it be uh, Allah or God or Jesus or who, uh, yeah, whatever God. I can a- ask a- Smith. Yeah, who, I, whatever, right? <laughs> Buddha, that there is some sort of intelligent plan here, and that uh, Matt Patricia will no longer be able to allowed to be call be calling screens and draw plays uh, for the New England Patriots anytime moving forward. So there is a God, and I want to say, thank that God uh, here on the podcast and say thank you for giving all of us a sense of hope in New England that we will not have to watch inept offensive football, at least for the next year. So we'll see about after that, but at least for the next year. And just quick, uh, picking up a few notes, the Chicago Bears replaced their uh, president of football operations with the president of the Big Ten. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but just a little note there as well as a couple other offensive coordinator firings across the NFL. It's, we're coming up on Black Monday, my friend. We are, I, I think we should have gotten it less past Monday. So maybe there will be more moving forward. We'll keep an eye on it, as we always do. So, And until next time, you can keep an eye on us. We'll keep an eye on you. There's a lot of eyes looking at each other. Aaron Rodgers looking at you. Make a, make a call. You need, need a little bit more. Need a little bit more from you moving forward, okay? <laughs> a little more drama. That's all I'm asking for. Until next week, we're out.